What is up guys? Welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. It's Thursday and we are talking about slowing down. I'm super excited that you guys decided to join me today. Today's going to be a good podcast and we're going to have a good series coming in after this. We're probably going to have three or four episodes on this. Um, once again, we are following the model now of, of both uh, talking about how we as leaders can follow this and how we can apply it for our preteens as well. So I hope you guys are ready to dive in because I sure am. Our shout out goes to The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer as well as How to Unhurry, which is a free PDF for you guys to be able to download, to be able to dive into some of these practices just a little bit more if any of them pique your interest. So we're going to jump right into our story. It's 5.15 a.m. The alarm goes off. My wife getting up to get ready for work. It's early. She goes in at 7, three days a week, and I'm up shortly after her. My day's begun, and my mind is already running through my to-do list. Uh, I make coffee, uh, kiss my wife goodbye as she leaves early, and, and hurry through my quiet time, my shower, my breakfast. All of that is rushed. It's it's now 7 a.m., and, and I've got a lot to do before I leave at 8.15. Uh, I've started an online business um, as a side hustle as a way to bring in some extra income so I can support my family. And this um, this side hustle requires a lot of shipping, a lot of packing, and this was a particularly large order due this morning. But I had to do it before I left. That wasn't true, though. The humidity is hitting hard. Uh, I'm sweating a bit as I as I pack this, and, and I'm, I'm glancing at the clock as I'm trying to scan these items in, get them packed, and get them going. Um, and I gotta leave soon, uh, but I'm not gonna make it in time. But in my head, I had to finish this. I, there was too many things to do to not do this. So I had to get it done, and at 8.55, I'm scrambling to get my stuff, right? My keys, my laptop, my lunch. Oh no, forgot my water bottle. I don't need to hydrate anyway, right? I could go. So pulling out quickly, um, I get into the parking lot at 9.10, and it's not my first day late here at work. Uh, I'm anxious about the schoolwork that I have to do tonight, uh, and I've got a full eight hours and, okay, well, seven hours and 50 minutes ahead of me. Uh, but when I get in, I'm, I'm sluggish. Uh, I can't focus. Uh, I forget to prep for Sundays, which means I have to do a Sunday morning, which means I have to, to wake up early. Uh, lunch is, is me picking up more stuff for my business at home, uh, and the afternoon goes by just as trudgingly. Back home, I pretty much go straight back into what needs to be done. Dishes, laundry. Now I've got to knock out that school. I've got a project due at the end of this week, right? Nine hits, and it's time for bed. Time to go to sleep and do it again. Yep, that was me like three weeks ago. Remember that week with no Thursday episode, right? It just kind of happened and never talked about it. Yeah, that was the week. Why? Why did all of that happen? I would argue... Hurry and the call of life ended up taking taking control. The call of all I had to do ended up backfiring and my desire to be a productive um, you know, person ended up in me being totally unproductive, totally fried by like Wednesday at nine o'clock and, and and totally honest made me very much dread the next week. And here's the thing. This is not just my story. I am very confident you guys have experienced something like this in your life as well. Maybe you're doing a little bit better now. Maybe this isn't a huge struggle for you, but I think that there are principles that all of us can pull from this series. So if we're being honest, hurry is a plague. And America is the epicenter, right? We wear 60, 70-hour work weeks like a badge 
of honor, right? Like, you worked 60 hours, try 68 hours next week, yeah? We, we kind of flaunt it, right? We brag about how little sleep we got. Oh, wow, you wake up at 5? Dude, I'm waking up at 3 every morning with my kid. Like, okay. But we do it. I do it. I find myself doing it. And and, and it's gaining us nothing, right? Anxiety is, is at an all-time high. Depression, mental health, constant burnout. We're just a bad week away from moving to Mexico at this point. Who knows? And, and, and most pastors, it doesn't matter if you're a preaching pastor, a lead pastor, a kids pastor, a worship pastor. We let the hurry of the world affect how we lead how we commune with God, and ultimately how we live our life. Nothing like throwing gasoline on the fire like our smartphones, social media, and the internet. We tell our preteens, you know, limit your time on YouTube, don't sit around playing video video games all day, and we're sitting there checking emails before bed, or we're scrolling Facebook through dinner, or, or Twitter's the first thing we do when we wake up, right? This is an epidemic. We are constantly surrounding ourselves with what I like to call uh, noise. It's just noise. It's brain filler. Whether it's working uh, or maybe listening to a podcast or watching a TV show, we are filling our brains. Now, why is this an issue, you ask? Why can we not do this? Well, the reality is we can do this, right? But we need to do it in a way that gives us time to rest, reset, and recenter. So all of this is coming um, from the overflow of a book I just finished by John Mark Comer uh, called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, And in that book, he says, In the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you gave your attention to. Now, what are you giving your attention to? Is it work? Is all your attention going into your ministry? Is it your kids? Uh, is it your side hustle, like I'm guilty of? Is it your wife? Is it your family? Is it your future? Now, all of those are good things, right? You're like, yeah, I'm giving my attention to those things, right? But our true focus, right? Our true focus should be with our relationship with Jesus, right? If that is not our priority and that is not our top, then we are going to find ourselves struggling. And and this is a very real issue for me, as you've seen and, and heard. And I think if you examine your life, you might find these truths as well. John Mark sums it up way better than I do. He gives a great compelling intro with tons of arguments and, and facts and science and all of this. But but here's my question, guys, is, is are you tired? Are you looking forward every day to that weekend, that 48 hours of not having to work? Are you refreshed and ready to work when your week comes around, right? Are you super connected with God or do you feel like you're struggling and disconnected? Do you feel like there's something holding you back? Do you feel like stuff is blocking you that you could have a better relationship, right? If you relate to any of these, right, you might find yourself with a little bit of hurry, a little bit of of distraction, a little bit of too much noise. Uh, and in today's culture, this is a badge of honor, right? Having all of this, right? You know, you got three kids, you got a full-time job, you are running this, that, and that, and you are doing a lot of powerful things. But if we're not making time for God and allowing him to prioritize, it's not going to work. 
in God's kingdom, it shows a gross misplacement of priorities. <laughs> this might hit close to home, guys. But God does not care if you have the best VBS decorations in town if you're not ultimately praising and glorifying Him. If your relationship is not overflowing with the love of Jesus, if you're not taking time to hear and listen, right? God's saying those VBS decorations can wait. Come sit with me and grow. So what can we do? What are the ways to counter this hurry culture, as I call it? So uh, basically, uh, John Mark gives four practices in his book, and so we're going to look at those, uh, but I want to take those and break them down into what it looks like for you as kids or preteen pastors or leaders, uh, how you can apply these principles, and like I'm doing now, we're applying these to our preteens. How can we apply the hurry to our preteens? Because the reality is... Uh, what we're facing isn't going away, right? The internet isn't going to disappear. The phones aren't going to go away. In fact, it's only going to get worse. And, and preteens might have it way worse. I know for a fact, I, I'm, I'm in a, a group with several older adults with me, several older men. Um, they're probably, you know, mid to late 30s, younger 40s, and I'm 22. And, and the way that they see the world is different than mine. I'm a little bit more hurried. I'm a little bit more rushed. I have a little bit more distractions in my plate that I let build up, and I know that it's only getting worse for the younger generations. Um, so, how do we apply this to our preteens, right? Like, just think about... I just think about all of these things that they face, too, because their their lives are so, so full, right? Imagine they have hours of school a day from 7 a.m. till what, 2.33, depending on where you're at, right? So you're going all day at school. Most of them then have extracurriculars, right? Uh, they've got sports, they've got band, especially in the preteen years, that's when it really starts to develop. Um, so they've got band, or they've got sports, or they've got academics, or they have whatever, um, and then they get home maybe around 6, and they have to spend an hour or two on homework, and then maybe they have an hour or two of free time before they have to go to bed, for five days a week and then some of them their weekends are filled with travel baseball or sports or other things and preteens are barely able to breathe i feel like sometimes they're not able to be kids and so with my giant rant guys we're going to jump into the first practice that john mark gives us um and, and how to counter the hurry, um, how to counteract the world um the culture how america wants us to live so Practice number one, guys, it's called silence and solitude. Some of the things I'm going to say are going to sound um, either unfamiliar or, or, or out there, but I feel like we get away from some of these simple practices um, of Jesus, uh, like silence and solitude. John Mark's definition for this in his book is intentional time in the quiet to be alone with God and our own soul. It's the space we make for God to love us and to transform us into people of love. Now, I bet a lot of you guys practice this, but if you don't, I really want you guys to pay attention to what this looks like. So for you, what does it look like in your life? I know for me, it needs some work. I, there's, I have lots of time and not a lot of it is spent in silence and solitude, right? I have a morning quiet time, and, and reading and prayer is part of that, but uh, I need to ask myself, and I want to ask you guys, if you're intentionally spending time to to stop and listen and create space for God to move in your life, right? 
This practice can look like a lot, but starting somewhere is better than nowhere. If this is something you guys practice, quiet time in the morning. I hear quiet time, and I, I kind of instantly go to, like, reading the Bible and prayer, right? And then go, right? But am I spending time to stop and listen and counteract that rush, right? So I, I want to challenge you guys, if you're missing one of these aspects or if um, there's somewhere you want to grow, grow, right? Like, if it's five minutes of your time in silence while you're waiting for your Pop-Tart and the toaster, right? That's five minutes more than before. And I want to challenge you guys to work as you as you grow in, in this idea of silence and solitude, um, hearing God and, and grow in that, right? And actually, this is one of the easier practices because all you're doing is showing up, right? You can't, you can't win or lose one of these uh, sessions of silence and solitude. You're just there, right? You're just sitting there. Um, I, I had one earlier today, and it was a lot of brain thinking, right? My mind went everywhere. I processed a lot of things. Um, for me, my practice during this is, is that while my mind runs, I'll catch a thought that might be per, uh, per se, per, um, that might be repeating itself, or that might be particularly worrisome, and I'll say, God, I'm stressed about this, or God, I want this to happen. Uh, now take that from me and let's move on. And it's kind of for me, it's kind of like a filing cabinet, right? I'm, I'm filing these thoughts. I'm giving my brain time to process and giving those up to God, right? Um, so, so start, begin, process your thoughts, right? Silence and solitude isn't like a like like we have kind of a, a Western notion of what that looks like now with with these. Uh, Hindu and, and Buddhist and, and these kind of modern takes on what meditation and silence and solitude is. And so we're not a, we're not a monk at the top of a mountain like, I'm, right? We're not, that's not what it looks like. And, and I feel like we can be turned off by that sometimes. But what it is, is us giving time to mentally catalog for our souls to process and for us to hear from God, right? Um, so continue that and grow in that practice, expand it. Now, maybe take a day every month, or, or for me, I, I have a sabbatical once a quarter with my, uh, in you know, my church, and so I'm able to take that once a quarter and go off and totally practice that silence and solitude. So take time for silence and quiet, for listening to God, right? And if that means you have to get up before your kids, then do it. If that means having to stay up late after everyone's in bed, then do it. But practice that time, guys, because your most important ministry, right, is to know and love who God is. And out of the overflow of that, we're able to love and do our job. And silence and solitude is one of the best ways to do that. So I want to encourage you guys to practice that. Um, now, what does this do, right? What does the silence and solitude do? Why is this something that Sam Beam, who's a preteen pastor who has a podcast about preteen ministry, is taking time to talk to you guys about, right? Why is it so important? First, it's intentional rebellion, right? Where's my rebels at? I'm a young 22-year-old. I want to rebel against the system, right? I want to. But some of you guys need to rebel against the rush of the world. Our nature wants us to get up and go and go and go and go. And silence and solitude is an intentional rebellion against the world. And if we are to be ministers to these preteens, if we are to be ministers to these kids who are facing the world every day, then we want to personally be able to say, and out of the experience of that, say that rebellion to the way of this world works, and it is good. 
Next, it opens our hearts and minds to God's voice. Uh, many wonder, like, why we don't hear from God, right? We're like, you know, they used to hear from God all the time and prophets and all of that, but most people back then were not surrounded with noise, with music while they work, with podcasts on the way home, YouTube before dinner, and TV after, right? There's constantly, like I said, noise, distraction, busyness, work, things catching our attention, right? Silence and solitude gives you as a preteen pastor as a volunteer, or whatever you are, time to catch up with your soul and put off the hurry of life, right? So this really impacts our ministry. Hearing from God, listening to Him, spending time with Him impacts our ministry, right? If we're having trouble in our ministry, Taking time to process that is important with God. If we're having issues, taking time to process that is important with God. We can't just figure it out and just run right through and, and, and problem solve and troubleshoot and, and brainstorm and, and do, uh, you know, all of the things, right? But are we taking time to stop and listen to what God has to say? Second, it grows our patience, our peace, our understanding, right? It grows our overall spiritual health, which then we can definitely apply to our preteen ministry. I don't know about you guys, but a little bit less, uh, or a little bit more patience, a little bit more graciousness, a little more understanding would be nice in preteen ministry, guys. Uh, you know that the hurry feeling. Uh, Wednesday, I get it a lot because Wednesdays are my long days. I'm in around 8.30 or 9 each Wednesday, um, and, and I don't leave until 9 that night. So I have a full 12-hour day where I'm uh, taking in 40 preteens who have just come off the high of school and are ready to bounce off of a wall. It's like bunch of gas molecules flying around in a small container, colliding into each other and causing chaos, right? And so if I'm not careful, if I'm not practicing silence and solitude, I can come into that moment snappy. I can come into that moment uh, frustrated or whatever. And so I try intentionally take time before that to stop. Ah, oh, hey. So I try and take time before that to stop to rest, to breathe, to spend a few minutes in silence and solitude. And I don't always do the best with that. And sometimes I'm distracted by my phone, but it really does make a difference. And finally, it teaches us to be a better leader, right? As you take in more of God's goodness, you naturally pour that out in others. That's kind of the whole the whole premise behind a lot of this, right? Um, out of the overflow of our trust in who Jesus is, out of the overflow of Jesus' love in that, that is what we should be ministering out of. We should not be ministering out of our ability to work. We should not be ministering out of our ability to produce good things, our ability to hustle, our ability to work 60 hours a week. Our ministry is loving God, and out of the overflow of that, in obedience to his commands, loving others. So, that was a lot. But how do we spread that to our preteens? How do we put this in the world of a 9, 10, or 11-year-old? How do we tell them about this, right? For many, we can't imagine preteens listening to a message for five minutes, let alone silence and solitude for five minutes, right? They can hardly focus in class when you're doing all the fun things with props and puppet shows and skits and whatever. But first, as always, don't underestimate preteens. 
And the second, guys, give them um, surf, or not surface level. Give them stuff that they can digest, right? Give them stuff that they can chew on to work on. Uh, the, the the analogy of spiritual milk always gets me right. Like I feel like preteens are like um, not they're after baby food, but not quite before going at anything right. You know that phase when they're like eating solid foods, but they got like two teeth. So like you're not gonna give them like uh, crackers, right? Because they can't really you know, munch on that, or chips or whatever, but, you know, you'll give them mashed potatoes, or you'll give them, like, peas, or, you know, some whole food, so they can begin to, to practice that, right, that's what we want to do, god, that was such a great analogy, Sam, right off the dome, anyways, sorry, um, I need to make a shirt for this, uh, but we're teaching these preteens some, some more advanced things, we're not dropping everything on them, but we're giving them some things to work with, and so, I want to challenge you guys on how you, can talk with your preteens about that, right? So maybe um, it's just talking about this practice, right, of silence and solitude, right? I bet a majority of your preteens have never heard the words silence and solitude, um, especially in a church context put together like that. Um, another thing that's really important, that especially in all of these, is partnering with your parents, right? Because they're the ones that are going to have the opportunity to encourage their kids to practice these things, okay? So have them encourage their kids to maybe spend a few minutes in prayer, right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what we did if we if we encouraged these preteens to just start this concept? Can you imagine a preteen who takes five minutes a day to listen to God? What that would do for his faith? Leading to a junior higher who, who spends 10 minutes a day praying, slowing down, and listening to a God. A high schooler who spends an hour on Saturday worshiping and praising God in the silence as they combat the stress of the world, right? This can begin with us, with these preteens. When we introduce these ideas, right? Preteens may struggle. They might need a slow intro. They might need a, an easy ramp in, but... But when we can teach them to apply these concepts to their life at this age, when they face the trials of the world, when, they, when high school hits um, and jobs and girlfriends and juggling responsibilities hits, if they have a practice to lean back on, if they have a practice to dive into, guys, imagine the difference that would make in their life. So I want to encourage you guys to, to be real with your preteens about this and for you to take this seriously as well. Practice silence and solitude this week. If you don't, guys, practice just five minutes a day. Um, just do that. See if you can do it five minutes before you get started, before you open your phone and anything like that. Just five minutes listening to God. Just sitting there. Just listen. All right? We've got three more practices to hit on. Uh, we're doing Sabbath next, which is my personal favorite, guys. Um, I'm going to go all into that. We're actually just going to have a full episode on that. And then we'll probably do Simplicity and Slowing Down, which I did a nugget on in case you wanted to know. Um, simplicity and Slowing Down together uh, in two weeks from now. So I'm going to put the uh, the book link down below, and I'm going to put the a link to the book how to unhurry it's a it's a kind of a workbook for you to go through with a lot more practices than i talked about so if you want to look into that guys go check that out it's super duper good and i really do encourage you guys to check it out but with that thank you guys so much for listening you guys rock i cannot wait till next week guys i'm really enjoying this and i hope you are too with that i'll see you guys later peace